What's up, Predators? Thanks for tuning in to the audio portion of the Smasher Pass broadcast with Travis and Dean. If you want to catch the video portion of it whenever we go live, check it out on YouTube at Apex Predator Outdoors and at Lung Crusher 53. Whenever we go live there, you can comment and be part of the show live. Comment and talk to our guests and uh, be a part of the show. So if you want to check it out, again, go check it out at Apex Predator Outdoors or Lung Crusher 53 at YouTube and be part of the show and also guys go ahead and subscribe and like and hit that little notification bell so you can be reminded whenever we post new episodes of the show and also subscribe to the feed here wherever you're listening to it so you can make sure that you never miss a new episode thanks predators and as always keep defying the odds all right let's see what's going on predators it's travis here with apex predator outdoors uh today we've got dean and chris with us who have just been out and they went to uh utah and they did an elk hunt out there and uh kind of just want to get with these guys and kind of do a debrief and kind of talk to them about uh you know what worked what didn't work uh and uh you know just go over you know some of the gear they brought and just talk about the general experience so uh without further ado dean uh i'm shout out your channel and tell everybody what's going on what's up guys hey and gals i guess um and it was it was an exciting trip man everything's going well i just did a, a quick review of some stuff that i changed uh this year um you know as far as uh, some cooking stuff and if you guys are looking in front of any you know cutting some weight uh, a couple of things that i changed in my pack this year that i just wanted to bring to you so check it out on lung crusher 53 quick simple it's like 20 minutes um uh, and uh, hopefully it kind of helps anybody out so thanks chris for coming on dude i'm looking forward to this we had a we had a uh uh great uh seven days out in the uh high country so to speak <laughs> yeah we had a good time luckily didn't get crushed with snow again this year that was nice yeah yeah that was a positive got a little rain but i think other than that the weather was actually pretty nice you know for the most part Yeah, absolutely no complaints about the weather. Um, for the most part, it was pretty warm. Got a little chilly at night, but it you know felt good sleeping in the cold. Yeah, tell us about your rig, man. That was uh, I was I was kind of jealous with the uh, the weight talking about weight savings. Uh, what you decided to go with this year, and what did you think about it? Uh, I loved it. So I went with um, OR Helium Bivy, the Seek Outside DST Tarp, um, uh, Seek Outside little ground sheet um, and then the same quilt setup, the enlightened equipment quilt and uh thermal rest neo air x light um and man it was warm it was nice i, I think i stayed drier than you did <laughs> you definitely did <laughs> yeah and uh i was pretty impressed I, i've never done the tarp uh camping before and, and even in the day the couple nights that it like pretty much poured out everything was dry um, so very impressed. It was warm. It was dry. It was all you need. It was, it was super light. It probably shaved off a couple pounds from what I had last year with that MSR tent and, um, absolutely no complaints, light and mobile. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, first, I guess it was the first night, um, that we were there. Of course we knew it was going to rain a little bit. So, um, I got to, I did not seam tape my tent. I wasn't thinking that far ahead clearly, but, um, so I remember what time it was probably one or two in the morning and it was coming down and the drops on my face, uh, was not pleasant the rest of the, the rest of the day, but, um, you know, it was refreshing. I, I, I guess I was trying to make the best of it, <laughs> but, um, 
it was all right. But lesson learned. Now I know. And uh, and of course, my rain fly, I, I have asked to put that up, too. So it was not suspended either. I just kind of threw it over the top. Just I don't even know what I was thinking. I just threw it on there and didn't, didn't tack it down. So that didn't help either. But all in all, uh, we made it. So it was good. Um, the, so uh, how was the weather forecast versus uh, what y'all actually saw out there? Like was were y'all able to use the weather forecast to plan pretty accurately what y'all expected and what y'all ended up seeing out there? Or was it vastly different? I mean, I think so. I mean, you know, Chris, I don't know if you have any different take on it. I mean, we didn't have any surprises this year, I don't think. You know, last year, the snow was a surprise. I don't think we were expecting that. Um, and I don't think it rained as hard this year as it did last year either. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was it was pretty spot on this year for us. Yeah, I'm not sure that you can truly snag an accurate weather forecast. At least I just haven't found the appropriate resource to do so. I mean, I've just been trying to look at a town <clears throat> that's by and then, you know, figure it's going to be four degrees colder per thousand feet of elevation change and kind of go from there. Um, but regardless, I'm carrying a puffy jacket and rain pants and a jacket anyway. So I'm going to have my in, in the tarp. So I'll have my bases covered. Um, and I think we definitely could have gone down 10 or 20 more degrees. And I think I still would have been comfortable in my setup. Um, I agree. I was I pretty agree. happy with that. I, and I think it, it was one of the things we even talked about, um, you know, as you're kind of that last day when, you know, you're, you're coming down the mountain and stopping for lunch. We, we even kind of went over that, like what, what in this pack could we have not brought and I, you know, there was one jacket. I think I probably I had a I had a soft shell. I, I could have done without, um, and just because I wore my puffy at night uh, when it got cold, and then really in the morning over coffee. And I think that was besides our one day of glassing when it got really windy at, on the top of Thompson's Peak. Um, I, I think we we're. I mean, I was comfortable with just my merino, you know, shirt on the entire time for the most part. Yeah, I wore yeah. my base layer probably 90% of the time. Uh, a little bit in the morning, in the evening, I'd put on just that active insulation layer. And then besides that, maybe the puffy jacket here or there. But um, I did wear at one point everything that I brought. So again, I'm not sure that that's the place to lighten the load. Um, we talked a little bit about food. And, and uh, I was much more dialed in this year than last. I ate everything I brought. And I was... 3,200 to 3,500 calories a day. Um, really, the, the, the caloric difference just being whatever the dinner was. And, mm -hmm. um, and that was spot on. I didn't carry nearly as much water this year as I did last year. And, and that didn't get me into trouble, uh, luckily. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think like we were talking about, I, the thing to do is just get stronger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then go a little later in the season. Um, but real quick on gear, one thing that we collectively were like, this was a game changer, uh, was the gators. I think the gators were, were money, um, you know, adding those this year to our, our pack. That that was a huge help. I think. Did y'all use a soft gator or like a more rigid one? Uh, soft. I used the, um, the black Ovis, um, 
their brand. I'll show you. I had the Sitka Stormfront Gore-Tex ones. I, I always kind of thought they were a little cheesy uh, until last year going through that tall grass and the pants just getting soaking wet. Yeah. Not wanting to wear rain pants because then you're sweating yourself out. Gators were huge. Yeah, these were um, these were great. I, I didn't have any any problems. They're easy, light. Um, obviously, Gore-Tex line. I, I think they're I think they're different sizes technically, but this was just the medium. I think that covers, it's kind of like a pair of socks. It fits everybody from eight to 12, you know, like they're, they're perfect. Um, but yeah, I think that, that was awesome. We wore those every single day, um, especially well, every, every day. And then coming back down the mountain, I, I didn't wear mine on the way up the mountain. So, um, so y'all went to the, uh, you know, the Uintas again, or did y'all go to the Ashley at this time, or National Forest? Well, we were up again. By, yeah, Uintas again, up Uintas. by Thompson's Peak. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and Hoop Lake uh, was there. And so Chris did a, a great, great job with e-scouting. Um, and so um, he used um, Onyx. Uh, I had the Go Hunt uh, map. And then uh, Dave had a uh, you know your regular Garmin GPS and a paper map, <laughs> which <laughs> which came actually kind of in handy. Um, and so uh, uh, one of the things I think I'm gonna I probably will do a review on is that MagView. Uh, and we learned a couple things that I think are real important, and it could have been us. Um, but one of the things was on that mag view that that magnet, it's it's really cool um, when you're glassing. It's super simple. It's a magnet. And then you have um, uh, uh, the, the opposing side that goes on your eyepiece of your binoculars. And so everybody's familiar with the phone scope where it snaps on. But your phone is like three times as big and you have all these adapters you have to put on and it works. And I have one and I love it. But from a convenience standpoint, this thing was really nice just to clip on. That said, um, we got separated and we were trying to figure out where each other were at using our waypoints. And my north was not working. And so I think, I think it was the magnet on this that was messing with my phone. And so once I popped this off and kind of reset it or recalibrated it, um, it worked better. Now, I, I don't know if it was a direct correlation because I think when we were leaving, I had it on and it was working fine. So I, I don't. So, so that's a really good, interesting thing. There is, is the plate itself magnetic or is it just a metal plate that magnetizes the magnet on the other side or is it the, on the plate? The, it's just the, this is just the plate and the magnet okay. is on your eyepiece. Gotcha. Of, of your binos and it's just a circular piece and I can grab it for you. You know, there, there might be something to that though, Dean, because I have the same thing. Well, I can't show on my phone cause I'm actually on it right now. Uh, but I have uh, a couple of these little magnetic plates that I put on the back of my phone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here we go. I got a whole stack of them over here, little things like this yep. uh, that I use to attach into my car and everything. And I've noticed that whenever I have the bigger ones like this one here is, you know, about, two and a half inches or something like that whenever i have this on the back of the phone anytime i'm using the compass 
uh, like for like Google Street View or something like that, I have to sit there and calibrate. And then it still says accuracy is low yeah. whenever I'm doing that. But when I take the case off, exactly like you said, it, it doesn't affect it as much. That's that's really interesting, actually. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just bizarre because once we the next day found each other um, and again, kind of going back to the fact that that Chris did a lot of work on e-scouting and so we we knew sort of where he was at um but when i was trying to to use my map to get to him it was literally sending me the opposite direction so we were getting further and further apart mm. without knowing it and, and we're trying to communicate like dude i'm literally like right here what are you talking about like i see the bed of the area i'm in the you know <laughs> But, you know, and then once we popped this off and then went back to the old school paper map, we're like, oh, shit, like, he's yeah. way over there. Like, you know, like, yeah. and, and that's what made us start thinking about that. But anyway, just just so the viewers see, this is this is the magnet portion of it. And so you just snap that on and you can look through your eyepiece, obviously. So it's it's very convenient it's really cool uh i'll do a little review on it on the other channel this is we don't have to waste our time today on this but um you might want to put some sort of tape on here to hold your eye cup from moving uh because i did notice even the weight of my 13 mini would would cause it to tend to drift a little bit um so you know whatever some tape this is one of the things i love by getting with you guys to talk about this stuff because you know like there's a one of the things I, I love, but I also hate because it's it's fun, but it's also kind of sucks is that there's a huge, huge amount of marketing that goes into a lot of these things. And they're not going to tell you these little things like, you know, like I would have never known buying that. that like that's something I have to think about is that the weight of the phone is actually going to tilt that over, mm -hmm. you know, and then I have to do these extra steps. And, you know, it could be something where like later on I'm out in the field and I'm getting tripped up by this. And, uh, you know, I would have never known by that. So they're uh, I think it's really cool to have honest gear reviews and to have people that like y'all that have gone out and tested it so that now when I buy it, I'm like, okay, I know first thing I do is I need to make sure that I can compensate for that. And every binocular might not work the same way with that, but it's good to know right. that that's a thing that can happen, you know? Yeah. Like I so said, I think electrical tape, cause you know, at the end of the day, you're, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but once I get my eyepieces set, I, I rarely ever, move them so i don't know that a piece of electrical tape under here or something you know whatever yeah. to stop that from moving would affect me personally with anything moving forward so but yeah. cool concept i mean i thought it was very very unique minus the drift and then possibly this you know causing some you know north and south problems so yeah i've um, got some heavy ass phones too i got the my work phone is a Galaxy S20, and then I've got uh, my other uh, Android phone is a OnePlus, and they've got like almost seven-inch screens on them, so I can imagine that, I guess, I don't know, with a smaller phone, I guess you've got to go more off to one side to get that yes. lens centered, whereas yeah. if you had a larger phone, I guess it would kind of be centered a little bit more between the two. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's an interesting thing to look at, though. If You, you said you yeah. have a 13 mini. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that so might mean tiny. that you've got to I mean, go it's... more to one side. So yeah, yeah, and I, and 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 you know, of course, I didn't. You know, I'm a, a wing it kind of guy, so like I just took the magnet and slammed it on here. Like, oh yeah, that that must be where it goes. But maybe it should have been further up here in the opening. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. I don't know, you know, but whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, that was the least of our concern. My bigger concern was not being able to find out where the hell Chris was. And I'm like looking at his waypoint, like, dude, well, I don't understand why I'm going the opposite direction. Like, and then everything is up. I'm like, at one point I go, dude, is there like a down portion of this mountain? Like every time we turn around, we're going up, you know, like this is insane. <laughs> so so uh, did you, did y'all split up like individually or y'all broke off like like y'all separated individually or did y'all break off in the groups or how'd that work yeah i'll throw uh, that totally to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> i uh just kept hiking and i turned around and they were gone <laughs> it so was like kind of like a back. mountain goat man <laughs> i doubled back i couldn't find them i started cow calling and i let out a couple bugles thinking like oh they'll just they'll figure it out and uh, I, I was there was zero chance I was going to find them. And if you, it was yeah. it was so thick, if you're 30 or 40 yards in the wrong direction, you're just not you're lost. practically. So I just hiked where we were going and uh, they just stopped. <laughs> yeah, we, just stopped. <laughs> we found water and we were like, this is a perfect camping spot. So we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but we were and it was it was like, you know, it was one of those deals that, again, another lesson learned um, that we had no idea that the Garmin mini and the Zolio, which is what Dave and I carried. Um, and again, probably our fault. We weren't, it's one of those things you weren't thinking about. We're like, Oh, you got a satellite thing. We'll just text each other. It works like whatever, but we got up there and for whatever reason, mine would not communicate with, with Chris. And I don't, I think Dave's was getting maybe every other one or some weird random stuff from you at one point, but we're like, this is the craziest thing. Like why would companies not be able to allow two satellite communicators to commute, communicate back and forth. Um, and I guess we kind of discovered that on mine um, for whatever reason that the mini was sending a different, number right chris but like it was a different number yeah, so, every text or something and so it was like really difficult to respond or something weird was going on with it what what my what the inreach mini did a great job of doing was sending uh text to your phone <laughs> but you didn't right. have service um, right so what we needed to do prior to losing service was me to text you i think we figured out me to text you and then you to take that number and then use that number moving forward um, yeah. and I think that would have solved our issues because ultimately I was texting your cell phone and you weren't getting service and you were texting my cell phone and I wasn't getting service. Yeah. 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 Um, so it worked out <laughs> once you finally found that spot where you randomly get a bar and then it disappears and it comes back and you get three bars and you're able to kind of figure <laughs> yeah. it out. But, uh, yeah, on the front end. I, and I briefly thought about that before we left and then it just totally escaped me and, and I didn't think it was going to be an issue. And that turned out to be uh 14 hour issue <laughs> yeah yeah and and so you know it's like one of those deals that thank god it, you know you know it all worked out and at the end of the day we're thinking worst case scenario we're going to be back at the truck wednesday right so worst case scenario we're going to meet them back in seven days but in the meantime you're just kind of worried right you're like dude, I don't know where my buddy's at. Like, is he, is he okay? Like, you know, storm's coming in, blah, 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 you know? And, and that, that was just kind of one of those moments where you go that you just get really 
kind of nervous and frustrated with the fact you can't communicate and make sure that dude, at least everybody's okay. He's got a camp. He's warm. He's, you know, got food. We're, we're, we're fine. We'll hook up tomorrow when there's daylight, you know, but yeah, it was, it was a interesting few hours to say the least. And then well, we tried to start off. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five extra miles. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing that was really interesting is we were sending him our coordinates thinking, okay, we'll just put that in your phone and you'll be able to find us. And and that wasn't working either. Like the coordinates weren't even helping. So well, like a, that a pin. There's got to be a way of taking your coordinates and punching it in. I mean, I've got three GPS programs on my phone and there was no way of punching in those Northwest coordinates and having it direct me to them. It was, it was pretty frustrating between Go hunt Onyx and Guy. Like, there's got to be a way to do it. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't. That's, that's my fault. I don't know how to do it if I can. So that's what. Yeah, our, it's always a goes back to the whole thing about two is one and one is none. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you have a failure of equipment or something like that, you need to have a backup. And you know, like, uh, I was just thinking about how I would, you know, try to combat these situations. And for one, I was thinking about. I, I still haven't bought a satellite communicator, but one of the ones I was looking at was the Garmin InReach Explorer. It's slightly more expensive, but really it's only like about $100 more than the InReach Mini, but it's got a full satellite navigator on it. So you can get the maps and everything on your phone there. You know, it is bigger, weighs a little bit more and all that stuff, but the battery lasts longer and all this stuff. But there's that. And all the thing I was thinking about is too, is like if your phone like loses the GPS or, or the uh, compass signal that you can always like, I know I was just thinking about it. I know you probably got a watch that has a tooting, but like I know mine has a compass and everything built into the watch as well. So if I'm like, if I question it, I can always check it against the watch too. But uh, yeah, it's like I say, having a paper map or having a Garmin, like I say, navigator or something like that to back that up is like obviously very important. I always wondered if I, I was kind of on the line, inreach mini or the Explorer, you know, now kind of y'all's experience kind of sold me on that Explorer now. Yeah, and, and that's There's what David and I both had. Yep, yep. And that was huge, too. And, you know, and, and again, it goes back to that one is none and, and two is one. Uh, even, you know, when Dave busted out um, his his Garmin, uh, his battery was dead. <laughs> it sounds like, okay, well, no problem. Like, I got some batteries, you know, but now I'm like, I hope mine don't go down because I just gave my batteries away. <laughs> you know? So, but you know, it was all fine. And, and, uh, it's just, like I said, it was kind of, it was just that particular time to just use, it just makes you, it reminds you that, you know, sh- you know, shit can go left quickly and thank God, you know, we figured it out and everything turned out fine. But, you know, it's just one of those deals where, you know, we're going to need to plan that one out a little bit better and put some more thought in <laughs> before next year. So, oh, dude, I yeah, can imagine like a rally, broke a leg right? or something in that. Even a what, Chris? That's the reason I stopped. I, I I was planning on hiking all the way to the final destination at that point because I was pissed off I was lost. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I kind of made our way to where we were going to end up kind of going east. And uh, it was like a hundred yard wide boulder field. And it was it seemingly it was like a mile long and, and you know, 100 yards wide. I'm not crossing this thing solo right now. You know, it's kind of getting dark. I'm separated. I clearly can't communicate with these guys. Like, I'm not hitting the SOS button on my Garmin today. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, 
Yeah. I, I can imagine that would have turned into a shit show real fast if you are all separated and say, like, D- Dean twists his ankle and Chris tries to cross this thing and, like, snaps his knee or something. Right. You know, it's like, imagine <laughs> what, what that, that, I mean, that would, that would have turned so south so fast, man. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and the other thing that was interesting too was, you know, you got everybody's got their Garmin's and their Onyx and, and go hunt maps. And literally, we're cruising in at probably, I don't know what mile number three, maybe. And then there literally is no trail, but there's a trail that you're looking at, you know, on your phone. You're like, this is the craziest thing. And so that was the other, the other issue was, you know, well, we're at this, the bifurcation of the trail we came in and we're like, dude, we have no idea. Like, there's not a trail. It's just downfall and, and, it's it's just you know completely naked country you know like so had it not been for i think the meadows as kind of a a a, a good waypoint it would have it potentially would have been even harder to find each other you know without at least those big landmarks that we could look at so yeah yeah, it was not. A, it was exactly what we're looking for, right? It was not a well-established yep. trail. There was not a lot of right. traffic. There was not a lot of pressure, um, but it certainly made navigation difficult when, when your compass is ninety degrees the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like, I guess one of the more important things people are going to want to hear about is, let's get to the animals. So elk sign, elk sightings, elk on the ground. What happened, man? What that? How'd that go? So um, <clears throat> when we were separated, I know I'll let Chris tell his his portion of the story. But as we're walking up, um, maybe about halfway ish, um, we stopped and started to glass the top of Thompson's Peak, and we could see three bulls um, that were up there. And uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but I think that was like at eleven five ish, roughly. Does that sound about right? That was kind of not the apex of the peak, but where we saw the bulls at. So it was still another, you know, what, 1,500 feet above where we were at easily, if not farther. So we saw them up there um, and they were, you know, basically batched up and, and I mean, they were just chilling. So once we kind of got, you know, the next morning, got back together and cruising around, uh, we had busted two cows or three cows i think or chris busted one when you were calling that night right that walked right up to you because they they were not calling there was it was you couldn't even hear a bird like nothing was there was no vocals at all of anything like it was weird um and so we decided to go ahead and and hike up the next day um to where we saw the bulls at and of course by the time we got up there it was kind of starting to sprinkle a little bit. Uh, it was really windy. Uh, we sat up there and we kind of glassed the meadows that we could glass, but it was so thick that unless you were looking ridge to ridge, you weren't going to see anything in the tree lines at all. And so um, that was our first encounter. It was on the way up. And then we, uh, Chris had that one in the meadow, right, or two in the meadow. And then uh, we had a bull that came in, we think, on day four or day three, close to camp. 
close to camp um, and we were just kind of shaking a tail feather and figuring out our game plan or what we were to do that day as far as uh, getting out and glassing or attempting to glass uh, and call. Um, and it was either a, a bull with his head down and just walking or he was scraping. Um, but by the time we, you know, got our bows and, and got to where we thought he, it was kind of coming from, he was, he was already gone. That said, that was like, would have been the coolest moment ever because everybody had Crocs on coffee cup. I didn't have any binos, no rangefinder. Like I literally grabbed like an arrow and a bow and like, <laughs> we were just hauling ass. Chris has got his Crocs on, you know, Dave's got his tank top and Crocs, you know, and, and we're like, this would have been an awesome picture if we had dropped a bull. 50 yards from camp and like and crocs. Know, with, with crocs and a base layer <laughs> like that have been that have been the best but um i'll let chris talk about the other one because it was it was a very it was, it's a much better story than what he went through uh when he was out solo <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the perfect situation we pulled up on or i pulled up on water and um I just sat there for 30, 45 minutes, not doing anything, just hanging out, waiting for Dean and Dave to eventually just kind of walk <laughs> on up there. And I got bored. I was like, maybe I'll just start calling for him a little bit. Started calling. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the cow just kind of stirs. And it's the day before the season opened, uh, unfortunately. I didn't really – I had no idea what the wind was doing. I had no idea really where this thing was. I wasn't glassing for it. I was just cow calling. And uh, she perked right up. I heard it and kind of jumped up. And she just saw me and just took off. <laughs> but <laughs> we were right there, like 30, 40 yards from each other for, for a solid 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. It, like I said, nothing. There was no verbal anything. There was there was no lost, lost cow calls. There was there was no no bugles, no nothing. Like nothing was talking, nothing was communicating. So, nothing was responding to anything. Mm, no, no, like I said, not even not even birds. Silently. Hmm. If okay. there were so in this, this area, is there a lot of hunting pressure? Um, you know, so we learned a lot when we decided to head back down the mountain, um, and we stopped into. Uh, mountain ops and badlands and kind of started talking to them a little bit about, you know, what are we doing wrong? Are we in the wrong spot? Um, you know, what, what are they seeing? And hands down, they all said we were too early. Um, that you can't, you can get them for sure, but the odds are, are so much lower. And I think it's only what 8% anyway. And mm -hmm. so um, they really suggested, you know, coming back like around the 10th of September, like 10 to 15 time frame of September. Um, that's when they're they're rutting, they're coming down, they're they're they'll hang out closer to the water. Um, they're vocal, um, but as far as where we were at, they said that was a great place. So. I mean, we saw a lot of sign, a lot of tracks, a lot of, I mean, we definitely, it was kind of like last year, you know, we said we was in the right neighborhood, wrong cul-de-sac. I think this year was pretty much the same, but we were even like too early in, in, mm -hmm. in the time to go. Yeah. 
So I think we were right in the in in a great spot. I mean, there's a lot of mm-hmm. cow activity where we were. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to know where the bulls are going to be, come the rut, find the cows, and yeah. we were right there. Yeah. Um, you know, just a little <clears> bit squirrely. Nice. If anything was talking, it was a little frustrating. Just be, you know, walking around and and chumming for elk and just walking in circles, watching the wind and cow calling and lost calf calling all day. But yeah. um, it'd be nice to find a spot. Maybe it was a little bit more open. Uh, but even then, I'm not sure that changes the time. It, it's it's just it's so hard to walk around thick wooded area when the elk aren't talking to find something. I just I I don't I'm not that good yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean even do. even when we were coming back um uh I think uh, on our second to last night we had, we had made this huge loop and so we kind of every day sort of had somewhat of a game plan of, of what what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go and what we wanted to cover um and so like i said you know kind of you know day one we went up to Thompson's peak what hit that and just kind of glassed a little bit um and then day two we decided to kind of do another big horseshoe you know around some of the the bedding area that we'd seen some of the marshy kind of uh water and that was another thing too last year um not only did we get hammered by weather but we didn't get around water i mean the water that we was around was like mud and this year there was water everywhere and so they really didn't have a whole lot of reason to even move i mean you literally could go 200 yards and you had this pristine stream i mean it was there was just water all over the place and so when we can't always come back uh, uh one night and again, everything's uphill, right? So we're walking back up to camp for whatever reason, right? <laughs> and and uh, and a cow is like literally where we could have sat, you know, in a meadow or a bedding area and in water. If we would just sat there, we might have had a shot on that one cow. And so we're thinking, well, you know, maybe they're creatures that have it, right? Maybe they're going to come back to the same bedding area. So. The next day we decided we're just going to sit there and we sat for, I don't know, an hour and a half, I guess. And there, nothing, nothing came back through, but there was great shooting lanes. It was wide open. Um, you know, they call it elky. I thought I would consider it elky, um, you know, aspen trees and all that. And I think that was a nice spot. Um, but yeah, they just, you know, that was the one time and she, she cleared that, that, that mountain and like, four strides you know <laughs> like it was just like bloop bloop and, and she gone so even if we had a chance to put a shot on her it would have been like that fast yeah. so so did y'all have bull tags and uh cow tags or just bull tags or uh it's uh anything it any so whatever yeah any elk just all of archery mm-hmm. elk in general mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that unit it's any elk okay cool yeah yeah, so we kind of set out like, oh, yeah, we're going to drop a bull. And then like day three, we're like, we don't even care if he's like a year old. Like we, <laughs> we're, we're, something's going we're, down. We're leaving with yeah. the We're leaving with something in our, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, after that much effort, we're like, something's going home in our cooler, man. <laughs> like we don't care what it is. So next question I've got is, Chris, I know that uh, you specifically, and Dean, I think you just got some two, some new boots. Um, how did those boots handle in this, man? And what did you get? And tell us about those, man. Uh, very happy with my purchase. I got the Hanwag Alverstones, um, and then I sprung 
for the sheep feed insoles and they held up great all weekend. I was super pumped. Uh, they were way more comfortable than the boots I brought last year, watertight, uh, no issues at all with them. Cool. Yeah. And I, no, I blisters. no blisters. No blisters. Yeah. No, these things were great. I, I broke them in pretty decent. Um, I mean, they fit great. They're, they're, it's kind of weird because they're a wide and I do not have a wide foot. Um, so I was a little bit worried about some of the side healing if I was going to get any hot spots. But I mean, seven days and no issues. Couldn't be happier than that. And you don't know how far y'all traveled in that time or did y'all track that? I did not. No, that, that always just drains my GPS. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I can tell you that going in was 3.6 miles, I think. Right. And, um, and it took us like four hours. So it was like, it was, it was a rough 3.6 in. And then every day we were kind of guessing we might have done two miles a day in a big kind of circular pattern. Um, and then of course the same going out. So if I was spitballing, I would say we we probably did 10 miles ish total, maybe throughout the whole time. I'm guessing. Um, but hard miles, not, you know, Houston sidewalk miles. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere man. you got to start somewhere but um but it was cool because I, I i wore the same the same thors i wore last year they i couldn't uh i couldn't find the boots that i wanted to to use in my size they were all sold out so um and mine were fine that you know the darn tough full cushion socks sheep feet inserts and i was that was perfectly fine uh with my two the other thing that we we tried um was the altitude advantage. Uh, and I kind of talked about a little bit about that yesterday on, uh, on my reviews. And I was telling Chris, cause we were like, I wonder if we noticed any difference, you know, and, and he didn't take it. And I took it just to see if there was a, a difference minus the fact that he's got 20 years, you know, on me. Um, I think, I think I did recover or acclimate a little bit quicker, but what I was telling Chris, I think where I noticed it more, was in my recovery time. So when we would stop for a few minutes to kind of catch our breath, when we was packing, going in, coming out, I was totally fine. Um, but going in, um, I noticed that it, even if it was, you know, two or three minutes, uh, my I was recovering much quicker as far as my oxygen, you know, breathing felt better. So I think it did, it did something, you know, to make it you know, make it a little easier. That first three days wasn't as hard as historically it has been. So that was kind of a positive from that standpoint. And then food, we talked about food real quick. Um, I got to get better dialed in on my food. I, like there was no, my food alone was 11 pounds. Um, and I came home with, I came home with probably three days worth of food like i there was no need to have a whole lunch um i tried to force myself to eat breakfast but i'm not a breakfast guy anyway and so i could have probably eliminated two meals and just did a pro bar and a coffee to kick off and then our normal snacks that we'd have for lunch would i think i would have been totally fine with that i would have never hit the caloric intake but i, I don't think i would have felt sluggish you know to get through either 
I was watching uh, Cliff Gray had a video recently, and I, I've always been wondering what I'm going to do with that because that's like uh, you know being on the carnivore diet and everything. And uh, he made some pemmican, which usually people are like, "Oh man, that shit's nasty," blah blah blah, you know. But uh, that's one thing I'm going to experiment with is uh, just trying to run off of pemmican and see how that stuff goes. Where it's basically yeah. just like it's almost like shredded beef jerky, but it's like uh, formed into bars by using the fat. And use the so you get all that fat in there and everything. It's supposed to, you know, for people like me that are on a either a low carb, a, a keto, or a, or a carnivore diet, you know, that can help with that extra energy. But supposedly, supposedly, also too, it's got way more calories per ounce. So mm-hmm. you end up having a lot more fuel to burn without having to carry like, you know, calories per ounce, I guess, of food. It goes a lot better for you. So, I don't know. The uh, well, I one thing I took with me and never did uh, is the stuff that Lampers uh, and 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 Call talked about, which was uh, the the Lono Life, the uh, beef bone broth. Uh, mm-hmm. And I tried it before I left here just to a see if I liked it, b if I could tolerate it, and c what does it actually do. Um, and it was and it's it's like pretty legit, you know. It's it's like ten grams of protein in it. Uh, but it, it, it fills you up more. It fills you up more than what I thought it would fill me up for a, for a drink, like hot mm-hmm. tea, you know? Um, and I didn't use it, but I had it with me thinking, ah, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try that. But, um, so that's, I don't know, something else even you may want to think about too. I think that probably fall into your, your, your yeah. diet and, too. Yeah. The bone broth. I mean, essentially what you're getting out of that is you're getting minerals, uh, and you're getting fat. You know, because it's like the whenever they boil the bones and everything, and then you get a little bit of calcium, but you also get the uh, the fat from the marrow of the bone and everything, and that is like that stuff's like really good, uh, really good, easy to for your body to use for energy and everything. Mm-hmm. So that would be something good to take on there. Just throw that in your Nalgene some water and mm-hmm. pound that back. I mean, yeah, you have to use a hot or cold, doesn't matter. Or, uh, I, I only that. did it here at home hot. I don't know. I'm assuming you could you could do whatever you. you yeah. wanted to do with it i guess Probably tastes better hot <laughs> it says 10 ounces of hot water is what it says on it so uh yeah i would think it probably tastes better hot but i i mean i like <laughs> the flavor of it though so it you know i don't know i mean i was i was like you know i'm gonna eat my breakfast cold um with cold water and you know they kind of looked at me funny and um that was that was not a that was not a good idea you know one morning um <laughs> so I, the uh, apparently oatmeal is designed for hot water, not not <laughs> cold water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could not do the cold oatmeal. Man. Yeah, it's not not fun. How'd, how'd the barista <laughs> sessions go out there? Do do what, Chris? He was getting those funny looks from me. I was like, you you're really you really gonna do that? <laughs> like, yeah, I want to give it a shot. Well, you know and. We talk about weight too. So we talked about the meal. Um, the other thing I think Chris and I both were impressed with is that 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 new platypus filtering system. And uh, it's just draw. it's just yeah, the quick draw. Man, that thing was awesome. Uh, I don't think it would it would have been terrible last year, but because the the water source and the amount of water that we were around this year, it was awesome. Um, I would think the only the only complaint that I could see somebody having about it is that you don't have a, a water reserve, like in your big platypus. Um, so you have to constantly, not constantly, I mean, it's a terrible word, but you're, you're refilling your Nalgene 
more often than than you would have you know if you had a two liter bladder but i mean the reviews i saw oh it 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 flows slow it gets clogged as far as i know i didn't have any issues i don't think chris did either i mean we didn't have any issues with any of that um you know and they're cheap um i don't know i'm not going to keep track of how many times i use it i don't even know how many times it's good for to be honest with you but for 20 bucks i'll just buy a new one every year and, and and be safe and not worry about it um i think the only concern would be if you go later in the year um is the filter freezing so i would probably throw it in my my bag with me my sleeping bag just so at night it doesn't freeze and crack the filter but i i thought it was awesome and as small as it is it was it was super convenient yeah i think i got it for on sale for 35 bucks it's yeah like the whole kit right yeah, yeah, I think I think it's less than a pound, and I think right now you can get the new filters for thirty-five bucks. So, you know, to me, yeah. it, it, I, I can't tell if it's kind of a disposable item or not at this point. Uh, you know, is this thing good for one season or a half a season, or you know, how many trips? It it did slow down as we filtered more water um, over the course of the week, but not to a point that got annoying by any means. Mm -mm. Uh, you know, it's it's certainly not as convenient as throwing four liters in a dirty bag and doing a gravity filter and just hanging out while that thing you know, takes care of itself. But uh, I had no problems with the weight savings and, and it was fast yeah. enough. Yeah, exactly. I only have experience with the, the Sawyer Mini. I have uh, uh, used one back in Tennessee when I was hiking out there in uh, 2015 and uh, it worked great. And I, like, I use water like freaking crazy i had two canteens with me that i was carrying and i was like basically filling one up and then as i was drinking out of that one i was filling the other one i was just switching back and forth man i got the water like crazy um but it lasted the whole trip i mean just catching water straight out of streams and stuff and there was no issues and anything like that uh but i was able to was whenever i was almost done with the trip when it started to slow down a little bit uh i was able to just there's a little syringe that came with it, I was able to backwash it and I mean it worked almost like new after that one and uh, just recently I got uh, this is well about six months ago I found a, at Academy Sports and Outdoors they had a sale on the they had a three pack of the Sawyer menus with the little bag and everything and it was like 45 bucks or something like mm. that I was like dude you can't beat that man yeah. so it's like you get one that clogs up and they're all different colors there's like a blue one an orange one and a black one or something like that and you could just literally swap out a new one leave the other one to camp or something like that you know and then run along with it so i i don't know with the platypus are you able to like backwash it or clean it out or anything like that or does it have that yeah so what you do is uh once you screw it on and and the cool thing about the new one i don't have it sitting here but it will if you just have a, a, a water bottle from 7-Eleven or whatever, it will screw into that, too. So you can fill mm -hmm. that water bottle up, screw it in and just drink it straight out of the filter. Um, but, yeah, so you fill your bag. I think it's like 10 percent full and you just slosh it back and forth and it, and it cleans the, the, the filter for you. Uh, you, know, you we, I think we just did that like after where every two fills your analogy and you just yeah. kind of swash it out and you were good to go. But like I said, I think it could have been potentially a different story. Like I said, if that was what we had last year, cause last year it literally was like mud that we were drinking. Yeah. Swamp water. And so 
this one was a lot cleaner. So I don't think that there was as many particles that were rolling through that, that little filter, but, um, but yeah, it was great. And, and, you know, they, they talk about like the Nalgene's, you know, I did that, the huge, you know, Nalgene bottle this year. And, and, uh, it, you have a, your regular bite valve that you change your lid out. And so that just fits right in your pack and you got your bite valve that comes out and it was, yeah, simple, easy. Yeah. But so, um, what were y'all's, uh, what would y'all say are y'all's, um, I guess independently y'all's biggest struggles and y'all's biggest successes on this trip, I guess, other than finding elk, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Losing losing Chris, that was kind of a struggle. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead, Chris. You go first on this one, man. Um, I mean, I think the biggest lesson taken from this is you just got to make sure that you go in fully prepared with everything. Like know your gear, know how it works, and know that my stuff works with Dean's stuff. Um, That that, that us being – prepared walking in day one would have solved a ton of problems for the first 24 hours. Um, besides that, <laughs> you know, I, my fitness level was pretty decent. My, um, you know, camping list or packing list is pretty solid. I don't really have any complaints with the stuff I've got at this point. Um, so for me, I think my biggest thing here on out is just, doing my best to learn how to e-scout better, um, learn elk behavior better, learn how to call better, learn how to shoot better. Um, you know, cause a, a new stove isn't going to solve any of those issues <laughs> and, and saving six ounces, you know, saving six ounces kind of is what it is at this point. Um, I just need to do some more lunges <laughs> if, I'm, yeah. if I'm at about six ounces. <laughs> right. Six ounces lunges. I, I would, I would, I totally agree with that. I think I felt good going in. I think the acclimation really—that's just the key, you know. Um, once you kind of get acclimated, it was fine. Cause like I said, after about the third day, I was you know, feeling pretty good um, physically. You know, was was feeling pretty good. But yeah, I, I agree with Chris. I think obviously, just you know, for me again, the lunges, the box jumps, the like any any lower body stuff I can possibly do, um, you know, with a pack, I think that'll be what I'll try to do more this year will be to wear my pack at the gym and walk the Stairmaster. Like I just hate that damn thing, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, try to do more of that. Um, you know, and then, um, yeah, I mean, shooting better. I mean, I think, like I said, Chris is dialed in on like the East scout. Well, I say dialed in, way dialed in compared to what I've done as far as East scouting, which is zero. Uh, <laughs> and so it was, it was nice. And then the communication thing, I think, is huge. And I, I think outside of that, um, maybe having one, one platform that we all use for our maps potentially could have made it a little bit easier too because i was using go hunt chris was using onyx uh and like i said dave had um you know just his garmin and that i think that was all he kind of had uh that he was going by which is works great but um you know somehow to be able to you know through that app communicate to could have potentially helped a lot 
So I, I know, like, I don't know about Onyx. I haven't used it, honestly, in a while. But I know Base Map and I know HuntStand have a thing where you can, you know, locate all your friends. And so if you're all, all in the same area, it'll show you all those, like, little dots on the map. And so, like, you're like, oh, shit, I'm heading the wrong direction from Chris. You know, you could have figured that out. and. Mm-hmm. Kind of had you knew where you needed to go, but you didn't know exactly where they were, and that wouldn't help. Um, I know it adds extra weight too, but I think a little two way radio would have helped as well, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. you can communicate with those two way radios up two miles away, you know. Yeah, yeah I was probably 400 yards from you guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it literally once we once we figured it out, we're like, oh my god, like he literally was here, but but it was like all the all the boy scout stuff, right? Like you did an elk call, a whistle, a we started a fire and then it rained to put our fire out. So I'm like, well, maybe he'll see the fire, you know, but it was like, no sound was traveling. It was, I, I just can't, you know, say how thick it was. It was just, th- it was just thick, you know? And so mm. nothing was, nothing was traveling through there. So, um, but yeah, I think that was kind of the, the biggest things, um, you know, moving forward for next year and then going later in the season, um, we got some really good tips from those guys where, you know, they camp and where we camped the first night at Hoop Lake and then, you know, walking Dean's in. And, intent on blowing our spot up next year. Oh, I did say it twice. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never. It's we're, Hoop Lake. It's leap all these out. It's, it's Hoop Lake, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, and then the other thing we talked about too on on a side note was on our way in, we've had more luck seeing antelope on the way in. And so we're like, <laughs> we need to call those landowners so at least we can jump out of the truck and and, and get some antelope. Cause they're literally <laughs> laying on the side of the road. Like they're like you you always start taking pictures, like walking up to them, taking pictures of them. And it's like they're done, they're not even scared. Like they just hang out. That would be it would be a, it's a layup shot, you know. Well, they're, they're not scared until you actually have a weapon to take them. Then Probably, they're, they're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You wouldn't right, even right, have exactly. to stop the, the car to get that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It was like Lou was driving. It's just, it was this huge mature male, like just literally like laying in the, um, in the yeah, in the, the gutter of the, of the road. We're like, oh my God, look at that. It's like, this is the craziest thing. But. Did y'all was, weigh y'all's packs before y'all went or? No, I didn't. I didn't weigh my complete pack, but uh, like I said, my food my food was eleven pounds, and I know when I checked in at the airport, um, my 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 uh, not my bow bag, but my regular bag was forty three pounds. So I'm assuming it was probably right under fifty ish, which is what we wanted to kind of target. Mine was definitely heavier when I waited at the airport. Uh, my bag minus my clothes was 52 pounds somehow. Um, wow. Luckily, they let me slide through without pulling a bunch of stuff out. But yeah, <laughs> out <of> the Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, you know, this year too, what added um, a lot, I wouldn't say a lot of weight, but more weight than I was used to was the camera gear, you know, going into it thinking, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, videotape a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, this just didn't happen. You know, like I took some pictures and, uh, took some go, go, go pro footage, but, uh, so, you know, just the monopod, um, 
tripod, camera, lenses, GoPro batteries, like all of that kind of added, you know, some extra weight to my pack that I wasn't used to either. So whatever I saved by going light on a cooking stove, platypus, I just backfilled with camera stuff. So I didn't, I didn't really gain a whole lot of anything. <laughs> That's a struggle, man. Like even trying to, uh, you know, go out there and just trying to get any kind of footage or any kind of decent camera stuff, man. It's just like it adds more and more and more weight. So you're trying to cut weight, but then you end up uh, just adding it back with all that uh, that stuff, man. So well, and yeah, of course, I I you know talked to Chris and he's like, yeah, dude, you got to get the reckoning. It's like the baddest bag. Like this is so nice. And I'm like, yeah, dude. But if I get a bigger bag, I'm gonna fill it. And what happens? I get a bigger bag and I fill the damn thing. And it's like. This was a bad idea. I should have just went with my hobo janky, you know, pots on the side of, of every carabiner <laughs> hanging off the side of my shit. I'd have been, I'd have been just as good, I'd just as just as uh, just as good by doing that than carrying what I was carrying. <laughs> so we got a comment here from David Pullman says he just finished his hot in Utah week ago. He said the recap spot on about the mistakes made and how to correct. And I mean. I think that's awesome, man, because that's that's why I wanted to do this is because I've never been on an elk hunt, you know, but uh, this is I want to learn from the things that you guys experience so that next time we get this opportunity to go out there, hopefully if it happens again next year, I'll be down there with you guys and we can, you know, going forward, you know, I can learn from the things that you learned and, uh, you know, hopefully everybody else watching as well can, you know, going to learn these things and, uh, you know, if you have anything in the comments, go ahead and comment down below about how your hunt went down this year, because like I said, that's how we all learn and get better at this and uh, figure out the things that we need to work on and find things that we didn't think about was by, you know, sharing these experiences. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, even I think the other thing we kind of touched base on, too, even even going forward is we talked a, a little bit about um, even a lighter, a lighter uh, sleeping bag, too, you know, not as bulky of a sleeping bag and you know i don't know i think i think what i'll probably run next year will be that skylight from stone glacier um i like the fact how 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 small it is that it packs down so tiny compared to my current my current msr um i mean i'm only saving i think a pound but the fact that it compresses smaller just from putting shit in my bag would be would be a huge positive yeah, I think I'm going to do uh, something similar, though, that's going to add a little bit of weight. I'm going to get a heavier sleeping bag. Um, that Enlightened Equipment quilt that I've got is great, um, but it is down, which does worry me a little bit with the bivy setup, although I stayed plenty dry this year. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to do something a little bit heavier, a little bit warmer, just to uh, you know make sure I'm good, You know, essentially year-round. Um, if, if we end up doing like a late-season hunt, we'll just get a tent with a stove and a 15 degree bag will be plenty for that. I think, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to keep looking at that stone glacier bag and we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's kind of the thing, you know, like I said, Chris, I talked about that too. You know, man, if we're going to go up later, like that's not a bad way to go. Right. You, you split the weight, you know, one guy has got the tent, the other one's got the stove. They're equally, I think they're equally weighted. And so, and then you've got a, a nice warm, you know, place to sleep and, and, uh, you know, you're not freezing at night. Yeah. So it's, that's not a bad, especially we're looking at a, you know, September, October timeframe, you know, that would be nice, especially yeah, it's again, like, it's like all the same, it's like all the same stuff we talked about too. Like, you know, I roll up there and I had to put on weight cause I knew that 
you know, when I went a couple of years ago and I was so light, I was freezing the whole time. And so, <laughs> you know, that extra, that extra belly fat, you know, kind of helped a little bit, you know, to, to stay warm and give you some energy. So I think that'd be cool to, you know, have a stove and really be nice and toasty and sleep a little bit better. But yeah, you just got to make sure that if y'all split the gear up, that y'all don't lose each other again. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that would be bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, step like, well, one, shit, I lost Dean learn how to communicate. <laughs> as long as he's got the stove and not the tent, we're all right. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. Or or we're gonna be like roaming around with some flashlights trying to find each other, man. We're like sending signals, like bat signals, up in the sky to figure out where we're at. <laughs> one of y'all be huddled by the stove keeping warm the other's freezing his ass or often the or just like starving his ass off in the tent you know <laughs> right but dry yeah, yeah exactly it's a, it's a trade-off <laughs> and did uh this hunt make you think about changing the way you work out at all because it did for me um yes I, I, well i mean i say that in in not so much um the the workout as much as like i said putting a pack on and doing a stairmaster you know getting my because my hip flexors were were killing me um so that obviously was a deficient spot so i think doing more of the stairmaster or legs in general box you know step ups stairmaster uh air squats all, all of that with my pack on um and then you know doing more more hikes i think would 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 totally help with my pack on also but i do like the idea what you're talking about is instead of just doing 50 you know getting it up to like 80 pounds that 50 pounds just feels like a nothing burger when you throw it on um but yes a lot more lower body for sure a lot more hip a lot more lower body exercise yeah I did probably yeah, 10 uh, looks like Dan from Crafted Archery is on here. He says, uh, yeah, all kinds of bucket list for him, man. That same thing here, dude. I, I can't wait. Uh, like I say, I'm just been, I feel like a, like a internet expert on it says, watch so many videos on what to do and what not to do. But like I say, until you're out there, there's always just so many more things that we can learn about it. And just, you know, that's, uh, and even then, once you get out there, I think the guys that have been doing this for 10 years are still adapting and changing the way they do mm -hmm. things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get out there and fail, man. <laughs> <laughs> I always so, say never let a good failure go to waste, man. I mean, uh, uh, you know, doing the medical stuff that I do, it's like, you know, go in there and release a brand new product when you go and try something. And it's like, oh, that was, that was an abject failure, you know, but it's like, I don't let that go to waste. It's like, now let me carry on to my coworkers and tell you, this is exactly how I failed. Let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's, it's like anything else, right? Like hunt smarter, not harder. And so I think every time we go, we're like, okay, like that was not a good idea. You know, maybe yeah. we need to, we need to do this, you know, maybe sitting more on water and glassing versus moving. Right. Now, this year, I just don't think we had an option. Like, you know, we could have sat all day. Like even, even when we was leaving, we sat at, at two wallows and like, perfect. Like you would think, oh my God, like, they are going to be here any moment. Um, and, and literally nothing. It was just the weirdest thing. Like, you know, birds, like there was, no, there was a bunch of mosquitoes. Mosquitoes were out there. They loved that, but no, no big game. Like, I, you know, I think we saw what one deer outside of the antelope coming in. So it was just yeah. eerily quiet. It's, it's, they are where they are and you've got yeah. to adapt to them. They're not going to adapt to you. Mm-hmm. 
So I think a drone, maybe a drone next year will be nice. <laughs> you're not supposed to telegraph that, man. Yeah, yeah, it's illegal. Right. You're <laughs> supposed to say, uh, just do it. Well, like two days before, you know, like before. Yeah, we, we were just like filming just the hunt. We weren't yeah. looking for animals, man. <laughs> exactly. Nothing to see here. <laughs> uh, but how about you, Chris? Same question back. Are you, are you going to do anything different this year as far as your training? Yeah, I did. I did ten weeks of mountain tough before this hunt, and I felt really good going in. Um, it, it's just different than any way I've ever lifted. I've always been stubborn. I've always wanted to lift like a power lifter, and just deadlift four hundred five until I can't walk anymore. And then I get broken, and I take three weeks off, and I start over. Um, and the mountain tough stuff, a it made me do cardio, which was huge because I will not do it on my own. Um, a lot of it is uh, body weight or step up type exercises with dumbbells. And you're just sitting there and you're doing step ups for 10 minutes. You're like, this is the dumbest thing. This is not going to get me in shape. I don't know why I'm doing this. And then we hike up that peak and you're like, oh, this all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I feel so much better for doing this thing that I hated. Um, so I do, I, I do think I'm going to lift lighter this year but way more reps. I think I'm going to stick with the mountain tough program. I actually just started getting back in the weight room uh, today and I almost passed out. <laughs> uh, it was a combination of way, way too much caffeine. I had a cup of coffee and then I decided to slam some pre-workout and I thought my heart was going to stop. <laughs> I, I, I had to take a break and just lay down on my driveway. <laughs> the uh... Um, uh, but I just started their foundation program. It's four weeks. It's, I'd like to say it's easy, but it smoked me today. Clearly, um, mostly just kind of body weight or lightish weight stuff. And, and for me, just kind of hopping back into it. I'm almost just going to start over do this foundation program for four weeks. At some point I got to get my knee scoped. <laughs> mm. I'll start over again. Yeah. yeah. But the, uh, the, and the cool thing, if, if nobody's ever checked out, mountain tough is you, know, you can you can buy like a program or an annual membership and what's neat about it is that within each program there's like a beginner immediate and an advanced so you're you're never you're never not challenged like if you if you start doing the beginner one and you smoke it time to bounce up man time to go to the intermediate one or if you're immediate you know whatever so you're you're almost getting three workouts for the price of one technically yeah. so you can constantly challenge yourself within each program that you that you want to do uh which i think is is pretty cool and it's and it's in my opinion cost effective if to chris's point you follow it right don't buy it and then never open the app because it's you know it's not going to do you a damn bit of good but if you follow it it's 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 pretty legit yeah it's it's all scalable and there's something for everybody in there um, yeah, I've been pretty happy with it so far. And, and generally, I don't like those kinds of things. I'll program myself or I'll, I'll buy a 12 week program from somebody that I know, um, or at least know the reputation. Uh, but this stuff, I've been very happy with it. I felt great going in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, he was a mountain goat, man. He was like crushing that. He was like hiking angry. <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, altitude pressure behind my left eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <He> did, right. <laughs> Everybody's oh my 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 quads are hurting, Dave's ankles hurting, 
Chris is like, I oh, really well, my left eye is about to blow out of my socket, man, because the altitude, so I don't want to hear it. I really eye disease or whatever. Like I thought my eye was about to literally fall out of my head. Last time I went hiking in Vail, man, I had to bring one of those oxygen tanks with me, those little like portable ones. They weigh like nothing, you know, but man, I get to hiking up there and I'm like going up this 45 degree slope and I can feel that like my whole heart just like, I can feel it like beating in my ears. And then I can like see my blood pressure going crazy, you know, and I just take one long like hit of that, like an oxygen with it, you know, and then I would watch it on my watch. I'd see my heart rate go down like 10, 15 <laughs> beats per minute. So I was like, dude, if I had to get up there and start hiking, man, I'd definitely be bringing like, yeah, right. like hitting oxygen left and right just to try to drop that blood blood uh, heart rate down, yeah. You know? yeah oh it's like after after one of those after you know, i get home and and now you know duck season's right around the corner i'm like duck hunting is so much easier than, than elk hunting <laughs> man like I, I can hang out in a blind eat a snack like i don't have to chase shit i just want the dog go pick it up like you know like, it's a piece of cake compared to this <laughs> you, you have to uh Shoot a lot of ducks to equal the same amount of meat as yeah, elk. That is that is true. That is true. Yeah, but it's good stuff, man. All all in all, it was a great. It was just it's always a good time, man. You're out there, even at the end of the day. You know, it's about being in nature, learning something new. You're with your buddies. I mean, I had an absolute ball. I had a ball last year freezing with those guys. I had a ball this year, man. Trudging through just an ass whooping every day was a was a ball. So embracing you know, the suck, huh? Yeah, man, hundred percent. I mean, it's just. There's just something about it. And people that don't do it or 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 are just getting into it, man, just keep you know, it's like Cam Hayes, just keep hammering at it and it's just enjoy it, you know, just enjoy being out there with your buddies and, and taking in nature and seeing stuff that you're not gonna normally see. And for that one opportunity, man, to fill that freezer. And that's what it's all for me, that's what it's all about, man. It's just the whole experience is 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 awesome. Any closing comments, Chris? Uh, it's all the the type B fun. <laughs> every, every moment of the day, you have to remind yourself: this is what I asked for. This is why I, I want to do this. <laughs> right, right. I not only wanted to do this, but I signed up for it, and I spent a shitload of money. On it. Exactly. <laughs> and then you get off the mountain, you're like, "Thank God I'm off the mountain." And then 24 hours later, you're like, "Why? Why did I come back?" Right. Yeah. We had, we, we could, we could, we could, yeah, we needed one more week, you know? So. <laughs> well guys, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for watching the stream and everything. Uh, we'll just have fun chatting and thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, if you like go say, just want to thank our sponsors, the channel here, we got easy veins. If you follow the code down there, scrolling across the bottom of the screen, you can get 10% off plus two free veins whenever you place your order. And also now we are a sponsor of sponsored by crafted archery's crafted archery. If you want to get 10% off your order, just use the code apex at checkout. When you go to www.crafted-archery.com, both of these guys. And uh, I love sports channel uh, because they produce gear that I believe in. I've tested, I've used it and it's something I uh, really believe in. So check it out and see if you agree. And, uh, yeah, guys, thanks, Dean, Chris, for sharing uh, your lessons and uh, your experience, man, because uh, I'm jealous as hell, man. Like I said, I should have been out there, but I was working, traveling. And so uh, next year, though, man, it, it's happening next year. I don't care if I have to go into, like, you know, put the family into debt and ruining or life-crushing <laughs> debt. We're going. <laughs> I'm going, man. Yeah. Good. It's going to be a good yeah. time, man. Good time. All right, guys. Well, thanks for watching, everybody. And as always, keep defying the odds.